Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with my co-host, Diego. Hi, guys. And our guest today is Patricia from Venezuela. Hi, guys. Hi. You're our first guest from Venezuela, so oh, I'm very happy. Nice. We're trying to get from all over the world. We're trying to get the perspectives from every country. So Cool to hear that. This is going to be my second podcast in English. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, let's see. Do you speak Swedish? Uh, well, not as I wish I fluently. Mm-hmm. I can I can defend myself. I can listen, but I every time they say like, "Are you not? You're not from here. You have an accent," or or they switch over to English, yeah, or, English. Mm-hmm. and you're like, mm, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> I or tried. for example, I have tried with with interviews, and of course, uh, they are like, mm, your, "Your Swedish is not good enough." Uh, that's so they difficult. don't say that one, but yeah, uh, then when they don't call you, it's because of that one. Yeah, I've been there. I don't know about you. I never had an interview in Swedish. I've had one or two, and they were probably yeah. It's they were probably total disasters. I never got called back. <laughs> like today, for example, um, there. I don't know if you have heard about the um, UR. It's a website that is an educational radio. Yes, right. I don't know the names. What what, what the acronyms means. I don't either, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, normally, we all use that as a resource for learning Swedish. They have podcasts, they mm-hmm. have episodes they have in... news and, and English or, or easy-to-read Swedish articles. Yeah. yeah, so I was in an interview today in Swedish, actually, because they wanted to know more about what is the difference, like being pregnant in Sweden, like in my mm-hmm. country, cultural crashes and everything. <laughs> so and, I, and then I was trying to, to find the word immersive, intrusive in, in Swedish. And <laughs> what? <laughs> Ooh. How did you? That's too complicated so where, where, where for were me. You trying, where were you uh, trying thing, to describe? Uh, the yeah. other thing is that there is a lot of debate about how the prenatal a control or checkup is between like in different countries. And I was thinking that my nurse was not doing the, her job mm-hmm. because you don't have like a the frequent checkups. It's like I have had frequent checkups, but normally in my country they will have it once a month and with the doctor. And here is like the nurse. Who controls everything? Yes. And how it's, often is the checkup? And it's once a month. As, okay, um, ish. Ish depends on how is your prenatal developing. In the beginning, it's, it's almost nothing, and then at the end, it goes more frequently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the di- the difference is that they don't touch you. <laughs> The nurse here doesn't touch yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Like, they, oh, and that's why you not, needed invasive. Yeah. <laughs> so they were saying like it's more layoff. So I was trying to find that word in Swedish and I was like, what is the word? What is the word? <laughs> and I couldn't find it in my, in my small dictionary. <laughs> so we, we don't know. I don't know how to say that. Intrusive, I would say. But maybe that's just Swinglish. Yeah. But it sounds, it sounds but like it exists. <laughs> they can come that's, up with that's it. just a sign that's a word now in swedish so interesting yeah. i mean we you know all of us coming from different places we've got to contribute to the language but we're going to add our own spin on it so you're from venezuela and how did you end up in sweden we were looking for an adventure in europe <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I. All right. My, well, I, I, I will say that I was not living in Venezuela when I came to Sweden. I was living in Mexico for seven years. That's where I met my husband. And we were like in the 32s. We were 32 by that time. And we were like thinking, what are we going to do next in our lives? Uh, he wanted to have um, 
like a challenge, a professional challenge, and I wanted to have a professional challenge as well. So he was looking for, he, he studied, he's a PhD, mm-hmm. and he was doing his second postdoc. So um, he said to me, you know what, I have a, se- an, a second opportunity to go abroad. What do you, what do you think about what, what should we do? And I was like, why not? Well, we don't have kids. Yeah. We are by ourselves. Let's try this on. And it can be Europe. And I was like, yay, Europe! Finally! <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. But wait, is he Mexican? Yeah, he's okay. Mexican. He, he actually did um, a small, like, six-month contract in, in, in Paris, well, in France. But the funny thing is that it was a, a lot of Mexicans. So he didn't feel like he was actually uh, any contribution at all to his field. So he said, like, this is the opportunity. So we were looking around, and he said, you know what, there is an opportunity in Sweden in a north city. And I was like, well, what north city? Yeah, it's called Umeå. And, I, and then we ended in Umeå in the north. Wow. Uh, it's a really small city, but I think you are going to like it. And then we start like reading about Umeå. <laughs> I was like, well, let's try it. Well, we have a lot of expectations about Umeå. But he was super scared about coming to Sweden because of, of the darkness and the cold. And especially in Umeå, which is the north, which is a longer period of darkness right. and longer period of, wi- of winter. So, so, yeah. So we decided it was, um, how do you say, commonly decision that we wanted to have a, a professional challenge together. And it, we thought it was going to be super easy for me to find a job. <laughs> uh, in Umeå. In Umeå. Yeah. <laughs> In Numio, and for him, uh, everybody said, like, you have a lot of experience uh, in event management, so this is going to be a piece of cake. Everybody in Sweden speaks English, so no, no, no challenge at all. <laughs> Find a job, and that's it. <laughs> and and how that work out? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. At the beginning, you take it easy. Because you're trying to figure out what, what, I, what I actually you're going to do. Everybody starts saying, like, you have to rush to, to find a Swedish course because you have to learn Swedish. But you haven't figured out yet what you actually want to do. And then postdocs are called the invisibles. Mm-hmm. So because they are not hired by the university, so they don't have a stable job. Right. They are kind of in the in-between. So, so we felt like we were in the in-between. And all the time was in the in-between. Because you are not being, you cannot be treated as a student. You cannot be treated as an employee. And, and in Umeå, because of Umeå is a university city, you have to be a student, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because otherwise there's nothing Yeah, else. Th- then yeah. you have limit, limitations to access things. Right. So there is like a big relationship. So what is your status? A wife? So, so you have to have like different kind of levels and then you have to play with a lot of levels. And then I became a student, of course, because I mean, it was mm-hmm. the easiest to have access to things. Yeah. But when you were sitting in the, like, as a student, I was like in, in a moment, I was taking classes and I was like, I cannot, I cannot be a student anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're already is, too beyond. This, yeah. I mean, I, this is not for me because I want to work. I already decided what I wanted to do. I already studied why I'm going to suffer again to have exams, having teamworks, and everybody, like 
you felt like you are too old to, to be in, in a class as well. Because how old were your classmates? 25, 23, 22. And you and were you are 32. 32. Okay. Yeah. So 10 years. As 10 years older. of difference. Everybody is new. They are like experiencing things. They don't get they... hangovers. <laughs> like, screw Ex that. Exactly. Screw that. You're like... <laughs> Uh, of course, you feel like, as, as I said, like you feel like in the beginning you can get along because you are in a stage like you are experimenting mm -hmm. as well. But there is a moment when you this, you said like, yeah, I already did this. <laughs> yeah, we, we were talking on the way over here just about finding yourself here, finding a job and how you have so much energy at the beginning. And you're like, yes, I can do it. And I'm awesome. And then it just chips away at who you are until you just kind of you don't have any confidence in yourself anymore even if you want to like you swim out you it's like everybody's pushing down on you i mean and especially like i don't know well compared to other cultures but in in, in venezuela we are taught we are amazing kind of <laughs> yeah because we are miss venezuelans Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you can we can do everything. It's um, it's a really feminist for me. It's a, mm -hmm. a lot of feminist culture. And then you come to Sweden and it's supposed to be like a feminist country. But then it's like you're depending on your husband for everything. Right. Well, if you come as a wife, yes, mm -hmm. because yeah. you come as a wife yeah. as, with an, a sponsor visa. Mm -hmm. And and apparently you have the same privilege, but then it like you start like trying to find a job and there is no job for you. You don't know Swedish. So then it's like, okay, you start losing your economic independency. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, what, what am I going to do? Then you start like saying, like, well, let's do and say that like, I'm a wife. I'm a home wife. I, a housewife. And you're like, but I don't want to play this role <laughs> yeah, either. Exactly. But you feel you don't have a choice. So you're trying so hard, but... Yeah, it's like, and then, of course, everybody, I mean, I thought it was it was only me, you know, in a moment. Because first, you don't have friends. Then it's really hard. Like, Umeo is a small city, and it's a lot of darkness, and it's a lot of winter. So people are more in, in cocoons. So you have to go quick to other places. You cannot stay longer. There is a moment, of course, in a period during May and summer which is totally different may and the two weeks of summer yeah. <laughs> people venture out a little bit but but normally people are really becoming more and more uh, how do you say it? I, I, I isolated, I, I isolated. Mm -hmm. so of course like getting to know people is really have to have to be in the university you have and to this be is, intrusive yeah <laughs> Let's let's switch gears just a bit to yeah. cover a couple of things because I wanted to talk a little bit about Venezuela and the area that you're from. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. Ma Mar Maracaibo. Maracaibo. Got yeah. it. So oh you're my god. Way Venezuela. on the, the western, but you're you're also by the the sea. The sea, kind of near the border with Colombia. I mean, what can I say about Venezuela? It's, it's really, well, I mean, I got out from Venezuela like when I was 25. So I have been out more for maybe 14 years. Um, mm -hmm. So it has been uh, hard to understand uh, how, is the how is the situation because it's not the same Venezuela that I left. Right. Now it's worse. Uh, when I was 25, I started realizing things that a lot of my friends didn't. And I felt like I was like an outsider. 
totally. I always felt like an outsider in my own city. But especially when I started seeing that Chavez won mm-hmm. in that moment, I said, I think it's, it's time to go. Uh, Venezuela is not going to become better. It's going to get worse. And I, my, I have friends still in Venezuela. I have my part of my family living in Venezuela. But now my sister is living in the U.S. I have a cousin living in Argentina. So, and a lot of people spread out in the whole world. Maracaibo, I love, I mean, I love my city. And the last time we were there was in 2009. Wow. Uh, because my mother didn't want us, every time she, she wanted to escape from mm-hmm. the situation. Because the security issues, because of the lack of products. Uh, and especially when, when you have kids and you cannot find diapers, you cannot find milk, you cannot find eggs then it's like, what are you going to do in that country, though? Or, for example, one of my dreams is to bring my whole family to the beaches because Venezuelan beaches are not like any other beaches in the world. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. The most proximately thing is the Cancun and Mexico. Well, uh, I, I noticed that you're very close to Aruba. Like, yeah, yeah. Super close. Super close. And, and we went to Aruba. One of our vacations mm. went to Aruba. And I, I love Aruba. But it's not Venezuela. I'm sorry. Uh, so, of course, the beaches are, like, amazing. And then you cannot go there because I remember, like, going with my husband. We were not married in that time. But my mother, in order, we couldn't walk through, through the city center because it was on Sunday. And she was so afraid that she, we stayed in the car, do, like, a, a, a city tour, <laughs> but just inside the car. And I was like, this is crazy. How, how could this happen? And then it's like, you cannot go out with your mobile phone. You cannot go out with your jewelry. You cannot go out because all the time you're afraid. You are afraid of everybody because everybody can rob you. But so, it wasn't like this when no, you were growing no. up. This has been more in recent more, years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We are doing something now that I thought you could help us with, which is where we highlight a different city in mm-hmm. Sweden. And obviously, I'm going to ask you to talk a little more about Umeå. Yeah. Just real quick, if you could uh, go over maybe if somebody's moving or visiting, what are some of the what do you do there when you're not like hiding inside? Ah, <laughs> well, I mean, Umeå is is a really progressive city. As I said, they you can find a lot of people who love really love of Umeå and they want to be uh, they don't want to become Stockholm but they have their own way of thinking how they should they should act or how they should behave they want to attract for more talent and they want to attract more companies and grow so that that's why they have put a lot of attention in in, in growing their parks in in uh, having more shopping malls and an active life I mean I have seen the difference between when I was when I first came and then uh, when I left, and, and the city have changed a lot. In what way? In, in good way. They built a, like a, one of the, I don't know, maybe the first feminist museum, not only about women, but they have all these incredible cultural exhibitions and arts related to, to that. Then they, they have another museum that is contemporary and is really nice structure as well as architecturally 
talking. They have like, they have incubator programs. And of course, one of the things that I didn't appreciate before was like being really local. And, and you can see the things like the bread and the butter and the juices and these kind of things are really, this is an, uh, of course, a trend, but they are putting more effort in these things and, and showing that to the world. So I, I miss having an apple juice <laughs> from Mumio. <laughs> I, I haven't found because I mean I, I one of the things that I don't I don't like is this mix of ginger and apple. So <laughs> oh, and that. here is everywhere. <laughs> I want to have a mousse just with apple, and they made it. Well, we should probably should start wrapping it up. Does anybody have any tips? I wanted to ask if there's a place you can get arepas here. And the Venezuelan ones, not the Colombian ones. I, I know. The real ones. Yeah, well, there is a pop-up restaurant called Santa Santa Stockholm. Wait. Uh, Santa Stockholm. Yeah, and they have, uh, they organize pop-up events so you can eat. But it's not the typical arepa. It has other ingredients, but I, I think they are marvelous. It's a really good quantity and it's really good uh, arepa. Santa Salsa Stockholm. Santa Salsa. Yeah. And where mm. is it? It's a pop-up. Pop so uh, they don't have a place. It changes location. Like every yeah. Day. So they ah. were asking people if they wanted to have uh, here is the, from their last. You, I guess you haven't seen an arepa before. No, I haven't. It sounds familiar, though. Oh, that looks really good. So can you describe it since there's no pictures on this podcast? Yeah, it's a cornbread <laughs> corn that uh, you can fill it up. But it's because it's a bread you can eat it without or filled. You can eat it just with butter and cheese and... I mean, kids all love just, yeah, and it's gluten-free because of the corn. So it's a really good. There is also sweet arepa, so you can do it whatever <laughs> with the arepa. Nice. You have, to, you have to try it. I mean, well, next time it has to be like a dinner. To. And then, well, my mother can cook because I am not the best one for, for arepas. <laughs> do you have any tips, Heather? Or? No, I was going to say that. It's close to the, and I forget the name, All Hallows' Eve, Day of the Dead. What's uh -huh. the Swedish name? Allahelion's Dagen. Yeah, so I was just going to say, um, it's uh, last year I actually went to one of these huge graveyards to see mm -hmm. how the Swedes celebrate. And it's um, it's really neat, I thought. I, I live close to that Skogskirkegården, which is a UNESCO heritage site. And it's a huge graveyard in a forest. And everyone comes out with the candles. And it's it's really kind of a festive atmosphere, really. But it, it's quite beautiful because it's dark and, and all the candles. So I would suggest if you're by a graveyard... <laughs> or something, then uh, go check it out on November 1st, uh, wherever you are in whatever town you are, because it's a nice little tradition. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the best, well, they, I have read that the one of the best is going to Uppsala, actually. Oh, okay. Why is that? But I haven't, I don't know, because of the... If because of the graveyard, but <laughs> I was gonna say, like, is there a graveyard? There yeah, but famous? apparently there there is a big graveyard, and uh, so okay. this is what I read. But I, oh, good I don't know. remember why. But yeah, it's a kind of a big celebration. Well, I know that a lot of Halloween things are canceled this year. Mm -hmm. Not that there was much to begin with, for but <laughs> some of the things for they did have should be fine. I would think uh, because, because they're outdoors. Dead, no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can't spread it anymore, you know? There you go. 
<laughs> we should be safe with that one. <laughs> Here's an activity you can do. <laughs> Hang out with dead people. <laughs> but, I mean, last year we went to the Halloween parade in mm-hmm. the Kunstres Gordon. So a lot of people dress up and uh, and show their, their costumes and... And they have different activities, and that was last year. I I, I wish I wish we have the Mexican Dead of the Dead, and we have like bread for Dead of the Dead because this is I mean that bread is is really nice. <laughs> and, what kind of and bread tasty. is that? It's like a sweet. It's like a I don't know actually. It's like a bun with sugar coated on top, nice. and it's supposed to resemble bones. Exactly in the in the top. Yeah. So it's a really nice it's a really nice dish to have uh, with chocolate. Mm. actually with hot chocolate mm. and of course one of the things that i used to love i mean it used to g- give me grapes but uh, it's really fun is having altars in the offices in the offices yeah yeah, yeah. wow as a, as a joke or i it's, don't know if it's, a, it's, it's because we're gonna the, derail a lot this last tip on yeah, yeah you put, but you put so, i think we spoke about it in the last Yes, last year you were telling me a little bit about Day of the Dead and about these messed up rhymes and Mm -hmm. poems that you write. So what what are like the the funny altars? Are they to people who are living? Yeah, they are people who are living. In my office they used to celebrate with people. It's a fun thing, but it's not as a... You don't do it... I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's supposed to be fun. Yes, yeah. But it's not a joke. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's a serious. Yeah, it's re- it's, it's kind no, of. No, I mean, there's, there's exactly. like it's the weird, main but celebration it's, it's is serious, but you also have just fun takeoffs. Yeah. That but you it, do. I don't know who selected who was going to be in the altar, but it, it was actually the oldest people in my, <laughs> in, my in my office. So I don't know, or because they were the funniest one. I, I, don't, I really don't need, uh, didn't understand why they put the altar there, but uh, having the altar, having what is it called of the flower. Sempasuchita, no. Yeah, I think so. It's a beautiful flower and it's only raised. I don't know if you have seen Coco, the movie. A lot of Sempasuchil is in the the passages from the death to the living. That's the... They use it for everything during the... So these colors are amazing in Mexico. And I wish we could have this kind of flower sound and embrace the things, but no... Here, I, I'm sure they're not going to do it this year, but last year they did a Day of the Death concert in the um, wow. ethnographic. That's right. They did do some sort of program. Yeah, they, 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 they did like us. Like everyone was painted with skulls on their face mm. and they sang some like nice. two Mexican songs and then two Swedish songs. It was a choir. I have another tip. Where is the best Zumba class I can attend? Oh my God! You, with my, with me, of course. <laughs> sure. yeah. I mean, you guys, you can have a seat and I, you can be my guest, <laughs> and you can try a class with me on Saturdays at twelve thirty. Where? <laughs> in Houdin and Hallen, in Houdin. Okay. And for people that are listening, where do they sign up? They can go to the Zumba.com, search for my name, and then they can find my old classes and they get in contact with me with my email. But I was going to say that I was telling Heather that one of the things that I'm I'm trying to promote the most is the classes, especially for pregnant women and uh, new moms. Because uh, apparently when you are pregnant, you have to prepare for the postpartum. Which means having the energy, having the strength strength. To carry your baby to have this, uh, how do you say, lack of sleep? That's the worst part. The idea is that if you hate 
crossfit or these kind of things, you can try Zumba mm-hmm. and, and being, start being active during your pregnancy. And if after you have been pregnant and having your baby, you can come with your baby for the postnatal Zumba as well, mm-hmm. because uh, you can dance a little bit and then, then you don't have to, you know, like wait or you are not going to be an athlete. But... <laughs> This is not the purpose. The purpose is to start getting active again as well. I'm, I'm make, making sure that you're going to receive a lot of energy. <laughs> you're going to feel good just just because you're dancing something and, and the music is connected to your soul, to your heart, and, and you're going to get better. So your well. ad is get out of your cocoon. Yeah. Come down soon by yeah. including it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good note to end mm-hmm. on. All right. Thank you so much. But thank you, Heather and Diego, for having me. It was a really nice interview. And it's a really great opportunity to get to know other, other ones. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and expand your network. <laughs> so great exactly. job, guys. It's the best thing about this. 